Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode is star of The Magicians, Olivia Taylor Dudley. She talks about her journey in acting, what it's like working on a hit TV show, and how creating your own content is so important. This episode might just give you the kick up the bum you need to create your own opportunities. Okay, well, welcome to another episode of In The Moment Podcast with today's guest, Olivia Taylor Dudley. This is where I push it. <laughs> I hope they do that. I don't go back and listen to my podcast. That would be so awkward. They do. They do? Okay, yeah. thank God. It's just, um, it's just you talking. Is it really? My one listener, myself. Um, hi, Olivia. Hi. So if you don't know Olivia, you should, because she's an amazing person, human being, horse whisperer, <laughs> and actress, and in no order, those were in no order, um, and she's one of the leads on the TV show, The Magicians, now about to go in its fifth year. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah, I know, right? How things go by so fast. It's crazy. I remember when you, remember when you called me, when, when you, it was like your first successful pilot season, not that the other ones weren't successful, but like you got offered the role Mm -hmm. for a show which shall remain unnamed. Mm -hmm. And remember that? And I will, I remember I was in the Bonds parking lot. Wait, I don't remember this. Well, I don't know if I can say, it's not on the air anymore, so you made the right decision. Oh, okay. But maybe it is, I don't know. But you were like, I don't know if I should do this, because it was your first offer. Oh, right? yes. And I was in the Bonds parking lot, and you're like, I don't know what to do, my agents are, everybody's telling me I have to, should do it, and I have to do it, and it's a lot of money. And I was like, well, do you want to do it? And you're like, no. And I was like, well, there's your answer. That was the best advice. I totally oh, well, forgot you, about that. No, but I ended up firing my agent over that. That's right. And it was the best thing that could have happened. See, we just jump in the podcast right away. Yeah. See, that's so true. And that show was bad. And, mm-hmm. well, not whatever. I don't mean it that way. I just mean It's probably like, great for the people on it. But yeah, it just wasn't right. the it right wasn't match for me. It was your thing. That's and that's exactly a good, that it. was a good lesson to learn. It was like a very, very nighttime soap. Like yes. there are nighttime soaps and then there's like... Nighttime, <laughs> nighttime soaps. soaps. <laughs> and then... After that, then you got the magicians. Yeah. 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 And you play a witch. I play a magician. I mean, I mean well, I should. <laughs> it's called the magicians. <laughs> but wouldn't they also be called witches or not? Um, no, no, we don't ever okay. call them witches. Wow. Well, he- there's magicians in the universe called hedge witches, but they're not witches. They're just magicians. Okay. And you all have secret magical powers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm the most powerful one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. My I, castmates hate when I say that, but it's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and wow, like you signed up for one year or was it three years? And then... No, it was a six year. Whoa. So, yeah. Okay, so That's you... what most of them are. Jesus. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Every time you, you know, test for a pilot and then you have to sign that contract that says six or seven years is like. What a but you thing. never know, right? Because you, you never know after mm-hmm. one year. And then, and how many episodes per season? We do 13 episodes. 13, yes. And they're hour long. And it's on sci fi. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Netflix. Hit, Most people right? watch it and on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yes. it's sci fi's number one show every wow. year, which has been great. And you shoot in Vancouver, mm-hmm. Hollywood of the North. I love it up there. And then you live up there for like. I do six months up there and then six months back in LA or wherever. I mean, I was back in Vancouver pretty quick this year filming a movie, but. It's nice to be able to split my time up and get to do other things. I think it'd be really rough to, to do the 22 episode is great, you know, because you have the work, but yeah. it really limits, you know, variety in your life and vacations and stuff. I, I really admire the actors who can put up with that kind of schedule because it's really, it's a really tough schedule. Well, I was going to say, it's hard to, if you have a life here, yeah. meaning a partner or you're married or have kids or whatever, and then you're gone for six months or whatever. Yeah. But how, how convenient you're dating <laughs> someone who's involved in the show. Yeah. My boyfriend is the cinematographer, Woo-hoo! but I know he it's been sure great. You are lit beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. Sometimes we're supposed to look like shit. <laughs> You're like, come on. But he's not shooting this season. Oh, he's so not? no. Wow. Yeah, he's gonna go do other things. He, he's Good for very him. popular right now. So Is he Canadian? He is Canadian. He is Canadian. He's from Vancouver. That's, and that's how you guys met on set. Mm-hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. 
He's super talented. Yeah, he's, he's really amazing. nice guy. Yeah. And down to earth. He's the best. And how is it working with like my boyfriend and I work really well together. I mean, we're in different departments, so that's nice. Um, but no, he's great. I love working with him. I wish we worked on every job together. <sighs> but he so he was the cinematographer of the show, but then you would have guest directors come in, right? Yeah, so we have different directors for every episode. But and he started we've had directing every Yeah, he started too. directing yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah, okay. He's great. He's a wonderful director. That's we so work really well as as director as a directing acting team. Yeah. I tried to give him, you know, a hard time, but that's hard for me because I'm I'm so anal about professionalism on set uh-huh. that like I try to make jokes and I, I can't even that's hilarious yeah. trying to trick your DP boyfriend yeah yeah you are totally professional like you don't really need a lot of work Olivia for those of you who don't know Olivia and I just finished a movie that's finally coming out the screening is June 5th I don't know if this podcast is going to air before or after that and she's incredible you really are amazing in this oh, movie thanks. don't make me cry that you was... haven't seen it yet I haven't <laughs> seen any of it really well I saw like the five well, seconds I did some ADR, but okay, that was yeah. like I mean, really, really incredible. Um, how was that, by the way? So we covered this movie. It's been a challenge, I was telling her, because it deals with gun violence. And I've discovered, like, you know, even though there was just another shooting a couple days ago at a synagogue in San Diego, you know, it's such a provocative topic and people don't want to really address it. Yeah. So here I've done made a movie about it yeah you addressed it head on <laughs> I know and now I'm like living with the fallout of it a little bit but you know my friend Nicola was saying I was like why did I do a movie about guns although it's not it's about love stories right right like, he's like well look you would have done it anyway you're so hard-headed yeah but I am finding it's been a very difficult road people have really responded to it and yeah. think it's a really beautiful movie and comma the subject matter just what are pe- are people just having a hard time guns. dealing with it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's totally it. But that's important in art. It's important it's to true. be challenged and feel uncomfortable. I mean, I that I, I and that movie scared me a little bit to do. But really, you never yeah. told me that. Well, I keep a lot of thoughts to myself <laughs> <laughs> because of what you had to go through. No, that stuff never scares me. As far as the adventures of being an actor, it's more just what you're going to invoke in an audience and like how they're going to feel because. The world personalizes what we do. Like they can't. However, I think being on a show right. has right. made me really realize that people can't separate your work from you. Mm. So whatever they watch you in and relate to you in a way, they think you're that person, mm. and you—that's how you are. And so I try to pick really wisely what I work on because the world has a hard time separating actors from who they are as humans. That's true. Does that I'm, make sense? Yeah, that's true. I bet, like at Comic Con and things like that, you're constantly sort of being thrown to the wolves a little bit with yeah. rabid fans who want you to do magic tricks. They can't separate the behavior of my character from me. And, you know, if there's Whoa. a relationship that breaks up on the show, they think that I broke it up. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's that kind of you stuff. So, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's that's fine. That's the fun part of being on a genre show. But it's, with other projects, it's just made me want to be cautious about it. But mm. I think that that movie that we made is really important to exist in the world. Well, thanks, Olivia. Listen, my thing is, is like, you know... All of you are so incredible in it, and, you know, it's not like it has, like, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, you know what I mean? So it may, who knows, I hope it finds its way. I mean, we got a distributor, we got a distributor here in the UK, and, like, they really believe in it and some other territories, but it's definitely maybe more European. My aesthetics are very European as opposed to, you know. So I don't know, but, I mean, how was that? playing a I wasn't planning on talking about this but since we just mm-hmm. so you play in one of there's three stories and you you know one of the correlations I'm making is that a lot of gun violence is perpetrated by um, you know this has been kind of proven statistically white straight white guys who are like white supremacists basically who then take out you know aggro aggressions they just mentally have a something happens and then they go to a place of work where their fiance or their girlfriend or their wife was working and then they unload a round of bullets in everybody who's there. And there's a strong correlation between domestic violence and gun violence. Mm -hmm. So you play a victim or survivor, I should say, of domestic violence. That was intense, what we did on set. That was really intense. That was one of the more intense days of my career. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, we shot some scenes that were, you know, to to show the violence in the home, and it was, you know, it's hard to half-ass that kind of stuff. I mean, you do to a oh, certain God, extent, yeah. it can't, it, but it has to feel real and visceral, and, and, you know, all the actors that you brought along on that project were really committed and involved, and it was... It was really fun at the end of the day. I mean, I love that. I love physical stuff, um, and that was very physical. <laughs> I'm very. I want to see how that all that turned out. Well, you know, it's so crazy because like we, uh, I went back just recently. Um, I went back and recut something because since I'm surrounded by so many people who have these conversations about art and about spirit and about you know the role of a powerful of being a powerful artist and telling stories that matter. And we all are kind of at the same headspace in a way. Yeah. That I just assumed other people can take on those stories, but they can't. No. It's like I'm in my own little bubble. Mm-hmm. So when I see people, now obviously in class, I don't see people getting hit, but, but we tackle such emotionally raw stuff in class day in and day out and seeing people go to those places where I'm not, I'm not scared of it. Like I'm encouraging us to go deeper, right? So for me, watching it, it was intense and it was scary, but it was so truthful. But I think it was triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. It has to be a balance. And each project is... Yeah, I'm listening to people. Each project is so different in deciding how far you can take it as far as the whole project. Like, if, if, it, if something, a scene like that comes out of nowhere and the audience isn't ready for it and it doesn't fit the piece, then, you know, it, it can't be there. It has to be in a place where the audience is ready to receive something like that. Yeah. I think what I... So what we've done is we've just... Then we cut to, it's okay, sometimes this is what happens when you do podcasts at home (laughs) (laughs) and my neighbors are drilling. Um, You know, we just suggest, well, it's not suggested. We see the after effect of you being beaten up by your husband. I mean, sometimes it's It's more more powerful when you give the audience the opportunity to go into their own minds because everybody has a story or an experience with abuse in some way, whether it's personal or someone they know so I think that it's just as powerful not showing it do you know how many women on set that day came up to me and said I'm so glad you're telling this story that was my husband or that was my father or that was my uncle or that was my first boyfriend or like I was so moved and blown away and I'm like I hope I'm you know handling this with sensitivity and they all were like yes oh you were for sure I mean I it was scary mm -hmm. it brought brings up stuff for everybody brought up stuff for me and it's so funny. There's some things that have happened to me in life that, you know, they're slow rollouts. You don't, they don't pop That's up right. into your brain until yeah. that. Like the other day I was watching Barry. I don't know if you watch Barry. I do watch it, but not, I haven't watched it okay. since Okay. Um, one of the characters on there is dealing with domestic violence in oh, her past. Okay. And there was a scene that like, I love that show and, and Bill Hader's amazing. Yeah. There was a scene where she described something that happened to her and it was so much like something I had gone through that I haven't thought about since I was like 19 through therapy or doing the work we do. I haven't Uh even thought about that moment until I saw it on the show and it was just a passing moment, but it made me cry immediately. And it's just, it's funny how you can suppress certain things until art brings it back up. That's true. Well, that's the purpose of art, right? Mm -hmm. To bring it up, to heal it or to have a new conversation about it. Yeah. I, I mean, that... Listen, that stuff we shot still is so intense. And, like, I remember on set, I think you had already lived that sort of domestic violence stuff. And then we get to the school shooting. And remember, you were like, Tony, I can't do it. Yeah. I'm tapped out emotionally. I've never said that to anyone before. And honestly, no, if it was a different director, I don't think I would ever say that to anybody other than you. Because I don't trust most directors like I would trust you to know what to do with that. I would normally just keep that thought to myself and try to find, and try to find it. Yeah. yeah, but I was curious. I'm like, well, here I am with my teacher. I should probably tell him the truth and see what he has to teach. <laughs> I know. What if I would have been like, sorry, sorry, Bye. just keep going. Figure it out. No, <laughs> the school stuff was the hardest part, actually. Not the the hard scenes in the house with the domestic violence. The stuff in the school was the hardest because it not just because I was totally tapped out at that point, but but being in a room with all these extras in a, in a scenario that you've run yeah. through your head many times that you haven't, I haven't experienced. I haven't been a part of a school shooting, thank goodness. But that that's just such a well-known, terrifying thing in our culture now that it was just, and it felt very real the way mm. we filmed it. So. Oh my God. I think all those extras, remember? I think, they were terrified. Yeah, and we had to do a, like a, a moment of breathing afterwards yeah. to try to let that go because everybody was so committed. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Prepping for that movie, I... 
I went and listened to all these 911 calls, oh, school oh, shootings, yeah. and, and I just wanted to hear what people were feeling at that in those moments. And the, a lot of the, that stuff I, I will never forget. And, oh. Well, it's interesting. We did get through it, though, even though yeah. you thought you were tapped out, and I've talked about it in class. Like, to me, you, your own realization was <clears throat> when an actor thinks that they, or in life, right? When we think we've just given it our all, or that we're tapped out emotionally, or there's no no place deeper we can go you realize there's all kinds of reservoirs that are available to us that are hidden yeah. and like I think I just stood right next to Ray the DP and just made you give it to me yeah I hid like right there and like you just gave it to me and it was so intense that's some of my favorite stuff in the movie I think that your scene ends with that thing that shot really yeah it's so, so personal you know what I mean so yeah, so June fifth is the screening. So we moved. I'll it. be back. Oh, in, no! I'll be in Canada. Oh, I no, know, Olivia. Oh my god! I go June first back up to shoot season oh, five. Fuck. I know. Anyway, sorry because this is how our podcast <laughs> roll. They're so personal <laughs> and like so. So what? What have you learned being on sets? You just finished another movie with your ex. Yes, and. An ex. Who's a filmmaker. Who is a filmmaker, yeah. He's a writer, director, actor. Really creative guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Evan Glodell. We, we've been working on this movie together for going on eight years now. Whoa. And it just started in our house um, in Hollywood because we were really bored and not working and trying to stay creative um, and not, you know, fall into our vices. And we're just like, we need to make something today. And we just started filming each other. We just turned the camera on each other and oh, started really? making a scene. Yeah, and we... We're like, well, let's make a movie in a weekend. And then that turned into eight years of making Whoa. a film. And, and we built cameras for it because he, he's kind of a builder and an engineer. And we built cameras and lenses. And it just slowly morphed after like three years of just shooting scenes together. We figured out what the movie was about. And then we wrote the script. And then we reshot stuff. And then we finally just finished our last round of filming um, in the last two months, the um, we have a big action sequence in the film that takes up like 30 minutes and we needed finishing funds for that. So um, it's taken us the last four years to finally get somebody to give us finishing funds. We've come close. And then the oh. Russo brothers actually gave it to us who, okay. who did all the Avengers movies, who directed the Avengers. So oh they came gosh. to our rescue. So we just finished that. And you did your own stunts? Oh, yeah. Intense. <laughs> yeah. We, um, on this last round, one of our ACs, she... Um, she looks a lot like me, and she's a sweet young girl who's just coming to help, and she uh, ended up doing one of my stunts for me because we had an underwater fight sequence with a sea monster, and uh, we built a set inside a giant tank underground oh, with a tunnel, gosh. and it had to be pulled. It was very scary, and I'm terrified of water. Okay. So I did as much as I could. But you did more She did underwater. one of the stunts from underwater. Whoa. I did the rest, yeah. Wow, this sounds so like, I guess it wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was more of like... A buddy road comedy. No, it's not a comedy at all. It like oh. the the first part of the movie is like an indie love story. Okay. Yeah. And then in the couple, um, I guess the brief description would be a couple falls in love and they start going crazy in their house. And you know how that goes when you're with somebody for a long time. You end up not leaving the house. You yes. end up not seeing your friends. That's right. And that's what was happening to us at the time. So we we wanted to take that to the extreme Whoa. and what happened if you really can't leave your house and then the house starts caving in on you and like physically and thing. becoming a thing and they find a machine in the ground that turns on the house and it just it turns into this fantasy movie where they Whoa. open a portal to hell and they go through all these layers of hell and they're all representative of different things in relationships and they're confronted with what it's like to be in relationship with somebody else and it, it turns into a very uh, intense Sometimes violent, sometimes beautiful, crazy love story. Oh. Yeah, it's an impossible movie to explain, which is why it took so no, long it makes to get funding. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. We were just talking about relationships. Like, yeah. he he has such an interesting mind. In the couple times that I got to talk to, oh him. yeah, he's he's yeah. got an an amazing mind. Um, but it was the hardest thing I've ever done and will ever do in my life because Whoa. it's the subject matter is so confronting because it's personal. It's about our life. We're no longer together anymore, but at least we get to we, we can work together, and I think that's what adds value to this project and adds an insight and in why we keep fighting for it because I think what the characters learn in the end is what a message I want to put out in the world. I don't know how to word that yet, but I hope that when the movie gets seen, people will be moved like we were. And and I've had to fight so hard to get this movie made, and I believe in the art wow. of this movie mm-hmm. that it's been the hardest thing. So I'm just hoping it has the rewards 
as hard as they've been, you and know? What's, and what's it called? What's the title? It's called Canary. Canary. Okay. Yeah. How exciting, Olivia. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I'm excited about that. Terrified of it. I've never been more vulnerable. I couldn't... There's no possible way to be more vulnerable than well, it's this true. project. it's true. You're revealing your relationship with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's important to fight for your art. Oh, my god. It's the most important, valuable thing I've learned forever. After this movie, I thought I was just done. I actually went yeah. through a depression about... Not, not after we were wrapped. And, like, I was so excited being in editing and, you know, like... But the last few months, just this whole... You know, it just goes to show you, like, again, this is the challenge for artists, right? Of, like, marrying the art with the business side of it. And, like, yeah. doing with sales agents and getting a distributor and screen just all that aspect of it you know what I mean and I just was like I don't it's really made me unhappy it it didn't make me unhappy nothing makes one unhappy but the way I was the experiences I was having because of it took me to a really negative place I should say that you know what I mean totally it's really difficult I've had a couple of these conversations recently with directors I've worked with you get burnt out because oh, totally. it's not oh, what we get in the business. It's no. not to have conversations with distribution and, and with sales agents. And, and Oh, God. And it's yeah. like, you know, their idea of like, oh, we got a really great idea to sell it. And on the movie poster, you need to add this or that. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, God. And I'm trying to see it as like, okay, they're kind of trying to come at it creatively, even though it's just really like, you know, peanuts to yeah. them, like, you know, dollars and... I, I get it. They're trying to sell the movie, but it just—it's sort of when I think about the genesis of the movie and my how inspired I was to want to write it and then work with all of you guys and the whole filming aspect of it, and then even in editing was still really inspired. But now you—it kind of corrupts yeah. your early innocence about something. Well, you have to focus on that part of it, though. Like I—I I rarely watch what I work on, um, not because I'm self-critical. I can let that go, but. The experience of making something will always be the most beautiful part. And nothing's better than that. That the rest of it is just it's, it's something else. It's a part of somebody else's world. So, yeah, you kind of have to let that stuff go. Well, I went through a period, too, with my boyfriend where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just, forget it. I'm just not going to put any of my stuff out there. I'm just going to make them for myself. That's it. Like, you know what I mean? Just turn into a hermit. Yes, that's what I mean. I was going to be the Howard Hughes of, like, making yeah. movies and just, like, not release them. There have been other weird, eccentric, like, creators who've done things like that. Yeah. Who didn't, like, open the vault until after they were dead. Dead, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want that, though. No, I don't think so. The world but... needs change now, so you got to keep making stuff. I guess. You know what? I, 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 it's interesting because I am a big Game of Thrones fan. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, if people if people are... All, everybody's in a tizzy. The internet is exploding because of last night's episode of Game of Thrones. But like, I'm like, if we just care that much about climate change or <laughs> we just care that much about, you know, changing gun laws or right. feeding people who shouldn't be hungry. You know what I mean? So sometimes it makes me sad. That's just the power of storytelling. So you're going to keep telling me stories? Okay, thanks, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do feel like I've come out the other side of it. Because oh, it's done now. Yeah. Done, done, done. It's I'm not going back and changing one other thing. If you, if you watch it and you're like, Tony, I have some notes. I'm like, fuck your notes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. Yeah. We also had to change all the music because I had all the music rights set. And then we had the music rights set for film festivals. And then we had to do the oh, deliverables. Yeah. And then we totally. were like, oh my God, we can't afford $10,000 yeah. for that song. It was just like, it was killing the joy. I'm editing something right now. I wrote and directed a short, and the music I put in it is like one of my favorite songs, okay, as you like, do when yes, you're editing. Yes, of course, yes. And then now <laughs> I'm when working with a composer to try to replicate it, but can't make the same song, and it's like torture. But then eventually you find, you find something that's just as inspiring that's or right. more. And nobody knows really, like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's crazy too, right? Like, that's so interesting. Like in our own minds, we can't imagine it being any other way than that thing. And yeah. then you realize like, Oh, that works. Yeah. Oh, that works. <laughs> I just, with this final pass, cause we just had, we literally just finished last week. I was like, this song is fine. Just say, fuck it's fine. <laughs> like it's fine. You know what I mean? You have to just finally like realize people aren't necessarily looking at things with the same optics you are. Yeah. That's also why filmmaking can be really dangerous because you can tinker with something Forever. Forever. You, it's so important to have time away from the things you're oh, working on. Lord Jesus, help me. You know, I finished this other, this other project, too, through the studio that deals with climate change. And it's interesting because um, we're, uh, we're getting into the film festivals. But I decided to, like, I've been reaching out to environmental organizations. And it's oh, been interesting. really interesting how, yeah. even though it's not 
specifically about that. It's about our apathy. Mm-hmm. Barb's character is like just basically like wants to make a change and she can't make a change. Yeah. And that to me speaks to sort of the world we're living in. So you're right. I think it is important to just keep making things. Have to. You know? I wish I could write Game of Thrones. I wish my mind were <laughs> I can't imagine you writing Game of Thrones. Can you Thrones. imagine? I can't you would really it. change the story. Like, you would, it would be a very different conversation. Well, somebody said that the, 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 the writer, what's his name? He's denied it. But they say that it is a metaphor for climate change. Yeah, I've heard that. And if you look at it now through that lens, it's interesting because all these divided you know, kingdoms will not work together to try to over, you know, to defeat the, the death. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how I watched it last night. I'm um, on season two. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> I've been working. Spoilers! It's so hard. Okay. When I'm working, I cannot watch heavy things. And I feel like I've been working for the last few years straight. So I have to watch like friends new okay. girl oh like God. i can watch it at like six in the morning i could watch game of thrones but, but at you, night i need to turn my brain off but your show isn't like that heavy it's not that heavy i mean as the seasons have gone on it's gotten, it's gotten wet. yeah i mean we that deal with mental intense. health and and suicide and all kinds of stuff on our show whoa it's more like i'm just tired though after 14 hours of shooting like i can't watch game of thrones it's true and also it's good to just get out and like People don't know you love horses. You I have do. horses. I do. How many I, horses do you have? Um, you I used to have one. a lot. Now I only have one. Chestnut. He's a... No. He's, he, well, I guess you could call him a pet. Tapioca. A ta- he's a tapioca. <laughs> What's his name? His name's Artax. Oh, well, that's much more complicated. I, well, I named him after the horse in Never Ending Story. Oh. It's sad, so though. I mean, random. That, I never even remember that. That horse, he dies in the Swamp of Sadness oh. in that movie, but not in real life. I love my horse. And you stable him where? In, um, at water, like, in East L.A., about 15 minutes from where I live. But what happens then when you go away for six months? Um, you I, have somebody else care Yeah, I, my, I mean, horses have been my whole life, and I took a 10-year break for work, and I always wanted to come back to it, and I finally am lucky enough to afford it, and I can pay for my horse to have a good life. Aww. But it's, it's, it's a lot of money and a lot of time, but yeah. it's, it's probably cheaper than the amount of therapy I would need. So I, he's basically <laughs> my therapist. When I'm stressed, I just go ride Aww. and I, I feel so lucky. But my trainer watches him when I'm gone and gets him out. And Does he miss you, obviously? He does. When he sees you, what does he do? He's so, we're very attached. Aww. When he sees me, he starts screaming and yelling and whinnying and he loves me. Aww. Yeah. I'm teaching him tricks right now. Oh my god. Because he gets bored easily, so I'm teaching him to bow. I would love to go riding with you. I mean, I'm not like at your skill level. That would be fun. Like, I could I can ride. And yeah. I, I can ride okay. I'm trying to get horses on the show. Oh my god. They won't let me go. My character they, whole... they gave me a line in the first season where they let my character say horses. she loves horses, but I'm working on it. Well, you grew up you in a, a ranch in Northern California. Yes. Right. So you have horses. Uh-huh. I've grown up riding my whole life and showing and competing. Oh. Yeah. But I got out of it because it was too political, and I thought for some reason Hollywood would be less, but <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Political in, in like the show jumping world? Yeah. I, get it. I bet it would It's be. a lot of money. Oh, it's yes. the most expensive sport, and with that, that's there's right. just a lot of drama. Well, it's like anything, right? It's how you're perceived. If you yeah. have a lot of money and you come from something then it's a free pass. Yeah. And if you're not, you got to work your way up. And I didn't come from that. Now I'm learning, now that I'm, you know, paying for my horse myself as an adult, I'm learning how much my parents really spent and gave to me and they really gave it all to me, which was really amazing. I I know an agent friend of mine, she stables horses as well. Must be at the same place. Maybe. There's a few stables in that area. A lot of people in the business... Have horses there. Right. Like, nobody told me I should have a hobby in this business. And from the get-go, you should have a hobby. Oh, like, yes. for me, it's always been acting, acting, acting. Nothing else. There's no plan B. There's no way to make it if you have a plan B. But somebody should have said, but maybe have a hobby. Yes. That is <laughs> Because it keeps you sane. Because there's so much you can't control. But in the business that can drive you insane, it's nice to have something to go take your mind off. Because it isn't, it isn't everything. Well, I do think, like, there, that is a good... It's good advice to not have a plan B because then you're all in. Like you can fail at your plan B as well. Yeah. So meaning if you're not going for what you really want to be going for, you could put all of your time and money and living the life that you don't really want to live and that could not work out as well. Yeah. So if it's not going to work out, you might as well go for what you want to go for. My favorite quote, it's a Tony Robbins quote. Oh, but Tony I, Robbins. I learned, I used to go to his... Tony oh, really? Robbins events I when I was. One of, I want to do one. I did a lot in my later teens. Okay. Um, 
And he, uh, there's a quote in one of his things that got me when I was 17. The quality of your life is in direct... The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. Whoa. So, like, the more uncertain you can live your life, the quality is just going to get better and better, which is so true. And it's true in the work. It's true in relationship. It's just the less, the less everything's comfortable, yeah. the more you grow. And so I've always thought that, and I think it applies really well to what we do because this business is never comfortable. And you don't, you can't predict, you can't control booking jobs or projects yeah. or people you work with. And it's always uncomfortable and uncertain. And if you can just be okay in that, you'll just keep expanding. So do you get to go out for other, I mean, these projects you were working on with, with friends. So do you, have, do you audition in your spare time when you're... Yeah, I haven't auditioned this year because I, I wrapped five months ago, um, season four of Magicians and went straight into another movie in Vancouver. Um that I'm excited about, filmed that for a while, and then came back and then went into Canary and then, or filmed my, prop, my directed my little short, went into Canary, and then now I'm about to go back. So I haven't really had any time this year to, to read for anything, but um, next year I will. Yeah. But you don't, because of your obligations on that show, you can't, it would have to be a film, right? Or could you, you could do like <laughs> a guest star on a show? Yeah, I've done guest star stuff. Oh, I mean, okay. I did another show uh, that was on NBC for a little while, Aquarius. Um, for a season, they made the schedules work, and then I did, you know, I've done, I did Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was oh, amazing. Funny. You know, I've done okay, little yeah. guest stars. You can do that. Show, yeah. 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 Um, it is difficult when you're filming though to get to go do other things when you're on a show. I mean, it's it's a great problem to have. I mean, I'm working, so it's it's not the end of the world. But <laughs> but my show's great. You know, after season five, and I'm really close with the my showrunners in the in the network and studio. I think if I wanted to go do something, we'd find a way to make it work. I just had a flash when we were shooting at the Lavender Farm. Didn't we have to go to Kmart and get you a bra? Yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Oh my God, I'll never forget that. We were losing. We were like, we, of course, it's always like that. Did your bra break? I don't, I don't actually remember what happened. Oh no, I had a black bra. That's right. Um, and you're wearing like... And that you got me that yellow dress. I had that yellow dress and you could see the black bra and it just didn't really work for like the... That's right. It was like trashy, you, it was supposed to be like woman. Yeah, it just didn't work. So we... Uh, and the sun was setting. We had to get the sunset <laughs> shot. Like, we were driving so hour. fast through the we fields. We drove, yes. And we ran and I tried on bras and you tried on yeah. bras. And just then we found one. Picture Tony running through the aisles of the bra section at that was Walmart. Like first just grabbing only, them. That was first like, yes, schooling of bra work. Oh they're so complicated. Some Very of them complicated. had wiring. Yeah. Some of them were like... It's hard for women. And then I put one on and I was like, this is uncomfortable. How do you guys wear these It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just let them go free? No. But we found one. Yeah. Yes. We did. We Which is it lucky. Back. It's hard to find ones that fit me properly. So. It's hilarious. And oh we made it back in time, and we got the shots. Sunset shot, and, and they're in the movie. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a killer too? When you shoot stuff, and you're like, "This is my favorite thing," and I just spent all this money and time on this, and it's beautiful. And then you're like, "Oh, that's not going to be in the movie now." Yeah. Ah, oh. can't get attached. Oh, I know. You got to kill your babies. Got to kill your babies. But that's why it's good to just live in it when you're ha when it's happening when you're making it. And just remember that that's the best part. Yes, it's true. It is the, the, the experience that we're yeah. all after, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a challenge for young people though too because we just human beings are wired to like what's next and so we lose sight of the joy of just creating in the moment. Yeah. You know, or like you get a job and you realize like you've been working, you know, and you've been working hard to get, to be gainfully employed and pay your bills and have a mortgage or whatever. But, but when you're on set, you realize like, Oh, okay. I mean, I still have other challenges. Yeah. Like, I think we're taught that like life is, I think actors, especially when they get the job, everything is like solved. It's definitely not no. that way. I mean, <laughs> some things are solved, you know, you can pay well, your you rent. Have some money. Yes, you right. have some money. You're not having to wait tables. Yeah, but yes. you're just you're confronted with a whole new set of challenges That's once right. you get a job, and it's sometimes easy. You have to remind yourself when you're working. Like, I'm very lucky. You know, you can get wrapped up in certain things, making you angry or frustrated. I mean, there, there, it's a lot goes into making movies and film that can frustrate you. And uh, no, it doesn't get any easier. Well, also, <laughs> you you move into a new echelon. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So, like before you get the job, you're kind of unknown and then you book the job and now okay you get seen in casting offices in a different way or you get 
access to things that you couldn't have before the job. Yeah. Which creates more opportunities, but it's just a different dynamic, right? Yeah. And what's set life like? You know, I was talking to a good friend of mine. I'm going to bring him on the show, so I don't want to say who it is yet. I don't know if he'll even mention this, but he's like, the interesting thing about casting is like the first season, everybody's just so excited to be on the show. <laughs> I love that he said this. He's like, it's so exciting because everybody's so happy they got a job. They don't have to wait tables anymore. They broke through, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's just so happy. And then the second season, everybody has since slept with each other <laughs> and they hate each other and they hate the job. Yeah, it goes... It's, it's like high school. It is. Season one of our show, we were Shocking. very close. I mean, we still are very close, but season one, there's just it's just so exciting. So and you don't... I think what's exciting is you don't know what the show is yet. Yes, that's right. So it doesn't have a place in the world. So it's just what can you imagine it could be, how big it could be, and what it's going to be like. And, and you don't even know how it's going to be edited or the music. You don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. So you're just living in pure creating. Yes. And everybody's excited and loves each other. And then, um, I mean... I. No, that drama didn't really happen on our show. Everyone is either married or has... It, everyone's like kind of of an age on our show in their 30, like early 30s where they kind of have their life together so it didn't get as messy as some uh -huh. young cast yes, can get. Yes, yes, But I, you know, but season two, you start, you know what, what it sounds like in edit so you start changing the way you're performing for the edit and you, you know, it, it just, it, it morphs every season and it's easy to get, um, you can get bored sometimes mm -hmm. and you can get tired of it and lazy and you have to just remind yourself you're still creating something and you're so lucky. But yeah, it's funny how a cast can change over the years. Well, I think the goal is is not to get on an 18-year-old show then. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean a show with 18-year-olds. Yeah, like where, it's very different. Yeah, yeah that dynamic. Yeah, I'm lucky on my show. Everyone's yeah. You guys are pretty adults. mature. Adults. But also, you know, you, do, you did bring up an interesting point about like, yeah, by season four, how do you not phone it in? And how do you not, you know what I mean? We watch shows like that where you're like, oh my God, the acting is, or how do you not fall into the convention of a style of acting that a show has maybe, uh, you know, evoked out of you and you get comfortable with it. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, it I mean, it's dangerous. It is dangerous and it, in it goes in waves, at least in my experience, I can only speak for myself, but I remember after season, I think it was season one, I came back and came to you, or maybe it was season two, and I was just like, I don't remember how to act anymore. And I'd been acting straight for six months, nonstop, every day. But you just start, if you're playing the same character all the time, it just starts feeling like... That's all you can That's do. all you can yes, do. I, and I, then I, you I, get I, sick of the way you do it. Mm -hmm. And then if you try to change it up, it doesn't work, because that's not the character. Uh -huh. So there's a lesson in having to stay the same all the time, because... Or else it's confusing, and uh -huh. you're making choices just because you're bored, which isn't right for the character. So <laughs> I don't well, know. You it's, also it's... Get in, you would probably get in trouble, right? Yeah, like, you would. You yeah. Notes. Yeah. But now I've learned over the years. Now I love playing my character. I mean, I've always loved it, but the finding challenges in the work and finding being inspired all the time by my same character is no different than life and being Olivia in life and finding inspiration as myself. I I don't know. There's an endless well, even with the character you're playing all the time. That's true. And I've managed to play like 20 different versions of her on the show, so I guess I have changed it up, but okay. they've, they've allowed that. Well, you're so well-spoken about that, Olivia, because it's true. It's like, it's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym for years and years and years, yeah. how do you find a way to like keep working the muscle in a different yeah. way that's exciting? And to me, it's also about more of just the love of the process, even if the process... I think the thing, again, that we glamorize this... Hollywood is glamorized so much, and people forget that it's work. Yeah. It's just work. It's like hard not, work. It's hard work. You know what I mean? You're doing 14-hour days, and like, you know, it, it, it's... Or like on our set, you know, when we were shooting, we're shooting so fast, and we don't have a lot of money, and it's fun, but you just, you have to be committed and go there. And people, I think it's because it's Hollywood that we think it's all so glamorous. People from the you know people from the outside only see little pieces of yeah. of what it takes. Yeah. I mean, we shoot for a week and a half to get an hour, so there's a lot that goes into it, and having to turn your brain on all day long can be exhausting, but so rewarding. I was listening to this interview with Glenda Jackson because she's playing King Lear mm -hmm. on Broadway right oh, now. Oh, wow. She's going to be 83. That's amazing. She's playing Lear, right? It's crazy. And she's just so, like, salty and, like, she just strikes you <laughs> as a kind of no-nonsense, non-bullshit yeah. actress. And she says, you know, I get asked all the time, isn't this, like, the dream role of your life? Or, like, you know, aren't you having an amazing time? She's like, it's work. Yes. It's work. Can you imagine playing King Lear? Oh, I mean, my like, God. And being 83 That's and like incredible. having that stamina to do it. But 
So I think it's like not getting, I think that's the thing too that I'm always trying to remind young people about is like, listen, you're, you're, you've been one of the lucky ones, so to speak, because you're going on five years, but sometimes you can be on a show. It's like a, a flash in the pan. It's a hit for one year. And then you never, or then if a show is canceled and because you're not really maybe, um, stretching for yourself as like thinking in the long term yeah. of what a, a career looks like. A lot of times those actors don't ever work again. Yeah. It's a really, it's churn and burn, you know, and people forget about that. Like yeah. you're on some show and then it's over and then people don't care. I know. You have to keep reinventing yourself. I think it's amazing that you're exploring all these other tangents and aspects of who you are as a creator. You have to keep making your own stuff. That's the only way. That's the only You've way. You've always I, said that. You've started only that way, way. Yeah. It's the you only did way I ever made it. Five second films. Mm -hmm. Five second films. Right. Many years. And, and I forgot that, Libby. You started doing your own thing. That's the advice I give every young actor. Yeah. Make your own thing. Which, I mean, when I started saying that, it wasn't possible like it is now. But now everyone's a filmmaker. I mean, we were one of the first... We were one of the first people on YouTube to have... Uh, one of the first people on YouTube to have, like, uh, advertisement and try to make money. I mean, we were in the beginning of all that stuff, way before there were video oh, bloggers now, or Instagram yes. or any of that stuff. And now it's so... I mean, you can create anything at any time so there really is no excuse other than it is a little saturated now it's hard to stand out but it's you True. can you can express yourself and make art at any time now whatever happened so did you guys then you just you did five second films did you like <laughs> franchise that off is it still being created or no so like... we had a web series and we made a film every day for six years Whoa. and we never missed a day and they were all five seconds but it was still a lot of work <laughs> Um, a whole group of us, about 13 of us. And that got everyone work. It, some people are working at studios now. Some, you know, I got my agents and managers from it. And, you know, we made a movie uh, in the end. We ended up funding and making a movie. And, and that kind of is where we stopped doing it because got it. everyone got so busy. Yeah. But it definitely launched my career. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I completely forgot that. that I mean, I didn't forget that you had done that, but that is kind of what you did you were just like I'm gonna do my own thing yeah you can't wait around for yeah. people to give you work it doesn't You're quite maverick it doesn't work that way oh thanks <laughs> and my favorite and then we'll do the, the speed round my favorite because Nicola and I talk about this all the time so Olivia was in master class with my, my closest friend and he was doing a scene um, a modern adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein do you remember and he Nicola was really he was playing the monster and Olivia was playing the girlfriend like the girl that falls in love with the monster mm -hmm. and in the scene you know, something bad happens, and of course, he, because he's a monster, he misreads your cues, and so he tries to strangle you, yeah. you remember? Mm -hmm. So he tries to strangle Olivia, <laughs> and he's like, strangling her on the couch, and you're being suffocated with all these pills. <laughs> and I kind of was letting it go for as long as possible, because Nicola was really having a breakthrough. He was in his voice, and yeah. it was the most raw. And we're like, very committed. Yes, very committed. And then finally, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you came out from underneath all the couches and the pillows like practically blue yeah. and like gasping for breath I was like Olivia what happened you're like I just wanted I wanted Nicola to have his breakthrough <laughs> so you self-sacrificed your own strangulation for yeah. a fellow classmate we he and I laugh about that so much but that was amazing you really you were always doing your work Olivia you you're it. really inspiring I don't think I could get through doing a TV show without the work that you taught us. Like, I think that's how staying in the moment and just being there and being present. Not everyone works that way. I've now found out in the I world, they have their ways of working and it doesn't work when you get a new director who doesn't work that way. I mean, you just have, I don't know how to word it, but to it's me, just so nice to be in the moment all the time. To me, it just seems so like you were talking about dealing with boredom and like the sort of the schedule of things that sort of makes it less creative to me I can't imagine if you weren't in the moment and still finding the moments and playing and discovering yeah can you imagine if you and some actors do work this way where everything is already sort of mapped out yeah. planned out saying a certain way doing what they want it's like it robs itself even more of any kind of spontaneous exploration I would I would think I would die if I were working that way yeah do you know yeah. what I mean totally but some people do and it works for them. I know. I shouldn't be so judgy. I mean... I mean, I'm not judgy I don't know if it's as joyful, though. That's what I mean. Yeah. And maybe also, the work turns out good, but it, it, it's not as joyful in the moment. Well, it just goes to show you, too, like, you can just kind of... You can phone it in, and through the art of editing, 
you know, you can make something still seem like it's happening in real time. Miracles can happen yeah. in admitting. <laughs> That's right. It can really stitch together a performance. I've built a character on my show that is all about continuity because I'm bad at that stuff. But I, these are two things I'm bad at. I'm bad at memorizing memorizing lines and I'm bad I used to be bad at continuity in the uh moment because I just want to just be passionate and just play but then you learn in television you have to have some continuity you have to hit your marks marks or else you're going to get cut out because it's not going to cut and because of the way we work I just can let go of the fact that I might forget my lines and just play with that person and the lines always come to me so Mm -hmm. all the things I'm scared about I'm no longer scared about because I've learned how to just be in the moment with that person. And the lines will always come. I'll always pick up the glass at the same time. Like that stuff I don't have to think about mm. because I'm just looking at another person and, and it's all being there. Here. Yeah, being there. Well, I have to say, your takes kind of prove that too. I mean, you're very much in the moment, but you also would hit your marks the same way. So it was really easy to cut, you know? Well, that's also, you learn those things being on set too. Yeah, you know what I mean? The more you do it mm-hmm. and it's a well-oiled machine, yeah. right? Well, okay. Should we go to the speed round? Sure. We could talk forever. That was a very interesting podcast. I hope you all are enjoying the podcast. <laughs> a word from our sponsors. I don't have any sponsors. but <laughs> um, Okay. If you weren't an actor, is what this, would you Is this speed round? This is the speed round. It no, doesn't mean you can't fast. They make me nervous. No. If you weren't an actor, what would you be? Well, a I... A horse woman. No, you... No, well, yeah. Horse whisperer. I don't want to make money off, off horses, so No. I would love to be uh, an astronaut. Whoa! But I uh, okay. get motion sickness. Okay. So. And nothing underwater. You would not be. But I would also love to go deep into the ocean. But I'm terrified of under the ocean, and I'm claustrophobic. That is. Kind like, of want to go in opposite. It's underwater, like being an under, uh, astronaut underwater. Isn't yeah. That like, right. Maybe because I'm so scared of those two things, I'm fascinated with the idea of actually doing Going them. There. Yeah. What's your favorite film? Eternal. I usually say of all time, but that's so dramatic. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah, Mind. you do like that movie a I do. lot. One thing you can't do without? My dogs. Aww. Who's your celebrity crush? Can be a male oh. or man or woman. Oh, dear. It changes all the time. Really? Who yeah. is it now? I don't think I have one right now. I mean, I always love Walking Phoenix. Oh, he's great. He's so weird. He's I so, like weird. Oh, my God. He's so himself, right? Uh, like, he's yeah. playing Jesus. Did you know that? Uh-huh. In the new Jesus. I know. In the new Jesus. In the new Jesus. No, it looks really good. Yeah. With Runamari. I really like Runamari too, but yeah. she's not like a crush. No crush no. Right now. No crush right now. How would you describe acting in one word? Imagination. And what's what's the big takeaway from being at the school you've learned? Vulnerability, just being in the moment, looking at another person. When in doubt, just look at another person That's in right. life or on set. That's right. And looking at another person is vulnerability. Yeah, it scares right? the like, shit out of me. It's just there. Yeah. But it's always available. I know. Trying to remember yeah. that, actors. Yeah. And then, last question. Yeah, we really did go through the speed round here. Oh, no. Well, usually people are like, uh... <laughs> My palms are sweating. <laughs> What's your definition of love? Oh, my. How do you define love? Necessary. I don't know. It looks like I've stumped Olivia Taylor Dudley. Well, just I've done a lot of thinking about it in the in my last few projects. Um, it's it's accepting it's accepting another person's flaws. I don't know. Is that your final answer? No, I probably will be thinking about this for like a few weeks now. I know it's hard to define. I think you defined it by saying how do you define love. Yeah, it's in, I mean, it's not tangible. It's indefinable. It's right? indefinable. Right? I you always like. I always end my definition of love is just this moment right now. Oh, that's it's beautiful. True. This yeah. is when usually the guests and I cry, but we've cried a I lot. Got into a, <laughs> we did cry a lot. Olivia, you're so amazing in the movie. Like God. Oh, thanks, really, Jordan. I, it I, means I, a lot. I can cry just thinking about it. Compliments I, from you are the most like that's means the, really the like, world to me. Oh well, I mean, it comes from a true place, and like you were so on point on set like I didn't really you know listen I didn't I mean I do direct people but obviously when we're working the the way that we've worked there's this just little things that I have to tweak you know what I mean you guys were flying it's nice to think about that you got me when I was a baby actor oh thank god yeah you know what I mean I feel that way for a lot of the people I teach yeah 
I don't know about my performance. You'll see. <laughs> You're not. <having laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. I, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. But I like it. It's like I don't. I'm not really that interested in acting for myself anymore. Like, I, I, I it's interesting because watching it now. But in the moment, I couldn't quite tell because it's hard to direct yourself. I see there are moments where I could have just been more, mm-hmm. just being more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's so hard to trust that the camera is picking up you just being yeah and being that full like I think I was full enough that I didn't have to comment on it and I don't think any of you might notice this now that I'm mentioning it or I don't think other people are going to notice I think people are liking my performance but just directorially I'm noticing like oh Tony you didn't have to do anything there yeah you don't have to do anything never Ah! and that's always what you tell us I know but it's so scary because it's real vulnerability and the camera's always picking up more than what you think it is than what you think Mm -hmm. you know and actually, if you just were there more, something is so, so much more mystery is revealed yeah. without you even having a concept of what that is. You know what I mean? So that to me is my big takeaway. Um, so tell our audience where they can find you. Um, my show, The Magicians, is on Sci-Fi and Netflix. The first four seasons are on Netflix. Um, fifth season coming soon. And then all my movies, I'm not sure when they're coming out. So right. this next year. Hopefully, yeah. our movie, where we go from here, yeah. will be out somewhere. And um, and you're on Instagram. I'm on and Instagram Twitter. and Twitter, Olivia Taylor Dudley. If you're interested in seeing my horse and my dogs, it's fascinating. I I, I posted a photo of my horse last night. I, I, I I'm teaching him to bow, so I'm all proud oh, of that. Wow. And I and I post a photo of him bowing. I lost. A thousand followers immediately. Are you serious? Yeah, it's so funny. They you, hate photos of my horse and dog, which it, to me, I'm just like, good riddance. Then why are you following me? Right. It's oh, all I care. They just post... want selfies. I know. Which I give them sometimes. But do you know how many times I get into an argument with people because I'm like, I post something about climate change, I get like one like. Seriously, right? Like thirteen likes. Yeah. And then I'll post something like uh, shirtless gardening tips with Olivia Taylor, <laughs> with Olivia Taylor, Dudley, and I'll get like a thousand likes. It's so maddening. I know. I don't understand it. But then I'm schooled by what Instagram is and I need to it's follow a, those it's rules. A whole I know. Monster. It's this whole monster, right? Well, we will continue to post horses bowing and me climate shirtless, change portions. <laughs> <shirtless> gardening tips. <laughs> I do love shirtless gardening tips. Me too. I don't even know because you said I look good shirtless or something, so yeah. that's why I, I always tag you on it. <laughs> okay, well it. listen, follow Olivia and watch her show. Season five is gonna be filming in June. And hopefully you'll see her in one of these incredible movies coming out at a theater near you. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Olivia. Love you. Love you.